Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Amy Katamatsu, or as I'm going to call her, Amy K. Amy is the COO of CompliSci, a leading U.S. provider of regulatory tech, so that's reg tech, for financial and professional services companies. She has a really interesting professional background. First of all, she's not a lawyer. Uh, she's not an anti-corruption compliance. She's never sat in the general counsel chair. But frankly, I think that makes her much more attuned to really what anti-corruption and certainly anti-money laundering and reg tech and fintech people need. So Amy, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, Welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. One of the reasons I get really excited when I am able to interview someone like yourself with your professional background is I think that having a non-lawyer look at these problems is going to be one of the ways that our entire industry, really compliance, moves forward. And it's going to be through technical innovations. It's going to be through the use of some of the products and services we're going to talk about today. So I was wondering if you could just detail a little bit about what brought you to the COO chair of the company. Well, you know, I've spent a lot of time in and around the financial services industry. So I started out, we won't talk about how many moons ago, but many moons ago in investment banking. And then I was on the technology side and on the technology side really started with a entrepreneurial spirit, starting up a number of different companies. One that got ended up sold to Capital IQ, which is now part of Standard & Poor's and McGraw-Hill. And really thinking very deeply about what are the solutions and services that financial services professionals need in their everyday life and how is it that we can provide services that bring delight to those users in their everyday work. And whether that meant that we provide better workflows, we think about things from a mobile perspective, all of those things are the things that really make me very interested, particularly in the compliance space where you have a lot of people on the legal side who maybe are excellent users of technologies, but are not necessarily developers or product-oriented people who have developed software. And really, a lot of what we do is listen to all of our clients and think about not only what the compliance teams needs, but also what the business needs out of a compliance organization. I think that's absolutely spot on. In my world, what started out as a response to a legal requirement became the compliance solution. And now it's really moved to a business process. And my hope that with people like you sort of leading the way and your company leading the way, we can really show the greater efficiencies of through business process for compliance. And I was wondering if you could talk, tell my audience a little bit about the company and what you guys do. Sure, absolutely. So as you mentioned, Compliance is a provider of reg tech for financial services and professional services companies. We have, I think, about 1,200 clients these days in 51 countries that rely on us to help them monitor and manage employee risk. And so if you think about it, our clients include some of the largest broker dealers, some of the preeminent hedge funds, top tier private equity firms and accounting firms in the world. And all of those firms, large and small, leverage technology to transform their day-to-day operations with digital compliance. 
And I would say definitely, you know, when you get to a certain point in your scale of an organization, really you go from a paper-based organization and really being able to juggle and manage all of the different pieces of compliance to really needing to consolidate that into a technology solution. And we found that, especially when you think about investors, Investors expect our clients also to have sophisticated digital compliance systems in place. It's become a proof point that's credible and that a firm is poised for growth, that it's credible. And especially during fundraising and due diligence, it's really important. Amy, we recently had the Department of Justice release what they called Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs 2019 Guidance, and it was focused on the FCPA, so it's anti-corruption compliance one of the things that became or clearly came through with that document was the need for compliance to be more fully integrated into the business, be more operationalized into the business. And on your website, you talk about the 360-degree employee risk management. So I was wondering if you could give us some of your thoughts about how a CCO should think about using a solution such as Compliance and how that would actually move towards not only integrating them into the business, but satisfying this articulated requirement from the Department of Justice. Well, when you think about taking those two different pieces, they're two different sides of what we think about, but definitely relate to the ultimate software that we've created. On the one hand, it's imperative to be embedded within the business to understand the needs of the particular business and understanding kind of how the PNL works within the business, because then you understand also what the strains and the kind of drivers within any of the businesses are and really kind of understanding the day-to-day of your end users. Because at the end of the day, what you need to try to do is to engage those end users into the culture of compliance that you're trying to impart into the business itself. The second part of it is then thinking about, okay, what are the kinds of things that you then need to monitor or that you need to manage within employee risk? And so that 360 view is thinking about really not just being single-threaded. So at a start, you absolutely need to think about trade information, so preclearance, disclosures, things like that, where People need to hook up their broker information and that you know what people are trading within their own personal purview, even though you've got an organization that's doing other things. And then you also need to think about everything from gifts and entertainment within an organization to political contributions and whether or not people have run afoul of some of your rules internally on the political contribution side. So there are a number of things that we are amassing within the system itself in order to help you provide that 360 view of that particular end user to ensure that you're staying within reason. Amy, within that same document I referenced from the Department of Justice, they used the word culture 23 separate times. And this was the first time we'd heard the Department of Justice really focus on that word so much. So although the culture of compliance is not a new phrase, recently, certainly even as recent as 2019, the DOJ has really asked CCO types to increase everything around culture. So many CCOs struggle with this. And so I was wondering, how can they measure the effectiveness of their efforts to create and maintain a culture of compliance? Sure. I mean, I think that one of the things there is really also, there's one thing where I think kind of 1.0 was evaluating 
incidents and trying to quantify the number of incidents that have been reported and things like that. But I think that the other part of it is what are the other key KPIs or things that you can create the metrics that you can use to measure the firm's culture. So it can be tracking onboarding and attrition rates, measuring engagement via surveys. I think this portion of why is it that you have to focus on the business and what the business does is partially because you need to engage employees into the program in order to establish a culture of compliance. Part of that is also not just talking to your employees, although I know that there is a huge amount of work that our clients do in order to start the culture of compliance all the way from when an employee is onboarded into the organization. So there's a lot of intermingling between the HR department and the compliance department in order to ensure that we can take all of the things that they're doing in onboarding and really just starting off on the right foot from the get-go. In addition to that, then, when you think about launching a program internally, the end user often feels there are a lot of things within compliance that seem somewhat burdensome. And sometimes until you know all of the reasons why you have to do the different certifications or the disclosures and all these other things, you really need to understand the reasons why those things are ultimately being asked for. But also what you need to ensure is that what you're asking them to do is super easy. When you can make it super easy for the employee, then it ends up being easy to comply And if you can make that super simple, I mean, the KISS concept (laughs) is something that definitely applies here. And this is where me as a software, as a fintech person, as a regtech person, I'm ultimately thinking, why is it that it was important for ComplySci to focus on a mobile implementation, a mobile solution? Why is our site built to be used on mobile? It's because the employees ultimately are using not just their desktops or their laptops or their iPads, but also their phones in order to do the things that they need to do in order to comply. When you're thinking about a dinner and you have to report it through gifts and entertainment, you need it to be easy. And that point in time when that managing director is having that dinner and they're putting that information in, you need it to be super simple. And those are the pieces which then the business understands that you as compliance are trying to help them be compliant by providing easy tools that are incredibly effective. And, you know, it's really interesting. Some of the employees have written in to thank us, ComplySci, as well as their compliance team for making the disclosure and preclearance process simple, freeing up their time. I mean, ultimately, all of us feel so incredibly stretched every day. And if you can give people back time, they're thankful. The things that I was able to ascertain in taking a look at your website was that you guys are really not just a tech company. You're not just a maker of software. You're really compliance experts who can sit down with a client, with a customer, not only help them understand or not only understand what their compliance obligations are, but actually help them understand how it can be done better and more efficiently, just as as you just named, by making it easier, but also making the compliance solution within an organization more robust. So there's hopefully less chance something will fall through the cracks. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about 
that conduit that ComplySci brings to the table? Well, I think that a lot of it is a discussion with the compliance organizations. It starts from really when they're onboarded and even before they're onboarded to think about how can we tie together all the different pieces of what they need to do with the technology and the solutions that they already have in place. I think oftentimes compliance teams sometimes can be siloed from their HR organizations as well, but it's so important when they're onboarding and offboarding to be able to do that seamlessly and think about how do we bring on, I'm thinking of a client now who brings on a intern class of 50 employees at the same time, and they're all college interns. And so you really need to take that opportunity to work with them, to be able to bring them on board and then to ensure that you offboard them properly. And so I think that a lot of what we do and what we talk about is really trying to bring to life the kinds of processes that they already have in place, but to make them just faster and more streamlined. Also, I was wondering if you could give a few words around one of the other areas that I hear a lot of chief compliance officers discuss, which is to give them a dashboard or some other visual representation, which would allow them to see the data and not so much interpret the data, but understand what it means. So I was wondering if you could give a few minutes about a few thoughts on dashboards, configurable reports, and other services that ComplySci has. 100% be happy to. You know, I think often when you go into a smaller organization who's been doing this, maybe in Excel spreadsheets, many times you walk in and you see piles of paper. What are those piles of paper? They're getting broker statements sent to their offices or their employees are bringing them in from their homes and then they're stacking them up and they're keying them into an Excel spreadsheet or they're doing something else. And with ComplySci, really what we're offering to them is something where they can have a bird's eye view in an instant. The dashboard that a compliance officer then gets access to, because often, you know, you've got to imagine, and I'm sure your audience knows this well, you've got a compliance team that's facing off against a much larger business organization on the other side. And when you do that, what happens is that to be able to get all of that data seamlessly within a solution and then to be able to run reports and to pull the data and to really be able to see and have that bird's eye view to see where things need to be looked at. So as an example, within um, a service like ours, we provide notifications for when something may not comply with a particular rule, as an example, if someone is trying to pre-clear a trade. So we have a lot of rules that are already set up on behalf of our clients. And so it might be everything from they can't trade on a particular kind of a stock, or it could be the fact that they can't trade more than X number of times in a month. All of those things you would have otherwise had to really kind of tick and tie them elsewhere and know about them. And here, the system does most of that for you. And then all that you really need to look at are those exception pieces and to be able to dive into them and to pay attention to those pieces. And that's hugely valuable. And it frees up so much time for the compliance officer who has so many things on their plate to be able to go do. It really allows them to rise up and to take advantage of the innovation. That really leads into the next point I wanted to raise, which is the dashboards, the reports, the other visual representation. It's certainly important for the compliance officer or the compliance practitioner to have those available, but it really leads to a discussion about is this tool, are the reports, are the solutions that are able to generate, something can also be used at really the top of the organization. So if boards need to engage in oversight, can this same information be taken up and let the board fulfill their obligation as well? Well, Tom, I think the answer here is absolutely. And 
I know that I've worked with many of our clients, we have a very robust reporting functionality so that people can really pull all of the data into customized reports. You can really look at different cuts of all of the data on the fly in order to get access to it. So whether it's a month of data or a year of data or five years of data, you can see it within the reporting functionality that we already have. And the ability to then export that into Excel and into other kinds of visual graphics and things like that is something that our clients use a heck of a lot. And it's really the piece that then allows them to say, it's not just the data, it's the so what of the data. It allows our clients to really focus on the so what. What is the data telling me? How can I translate the data? One of the things is very interesting. You know, we're planning for an upcoming conference in September. And so I've been speaking to a ton of CCOs in advance of that. And one of the things that is a ongoing theme is really the rise of the data-driven CCO. And the rise of the data-driven CCO is kind of an interesting concept because most CCOs do not come from a statistics or quantitative background. They come from a legal background. And what they are being asked to do on more and more of a basis is really to understand the data. Everything is about the data and having a data-driven product that helps them to not just work on keying in the data, but really analyzing the data and telling their entire board, telling their management team the so what that's where the magic happens. Wow. I could have written a lot for you to say, but I could not have written it any better than that. That was just great. We've got a little bit of time left, but I wanted to, if you could describe the upcoming conference, Comply Summit 2019, what you hope to achieve and when and where it's going to be. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to announce we had done some summits a number of years ago. And really, I joined this organization about a year ago. And literally, one of the first things that compliance officers told me, demanded from me, was that we bring back a summit. And so I promised them that we would. And we're very excited to announce that the ComplySci Summit will be happening on September 9th, which is a Monday this year in New York City. And we're featuring a keynote by Preet Bharara, who I'm sure your audience will know and recognize. Um, And we're really excited to hear from him for sure. In addition, as I mentioned, I've been talking to a a lot of CCOs, and we have a CCO panel that includes some colleagues from KKR and Jeffries, Bridgewater, Vista Equity Partners. So it's kind of an all-star lineup of people who are at the top of their game in different areas to really talk about the culture of compliance and innovation in compliance. And every single one of them, as I talked about the data-driven CCO and talked about the fact that the needs of the CCO have really changed over the last five or 10 years. And the data piece of that is a huge piece of that in order to then think about how can they use technology to bridge all of the gaps with what they're being asked to do today. And so it'll be, I think, a really exciting panel. I am excited about it. I'm also excited about Preet. And so there you go. Amy, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if any of our listeners wanted any more information on the company, where could they go? Absolutely. I should plug our website, which is at www.complysci.com, C-O-M-P-L-Y. Amy, this has been a fascinating visit. And frankly, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Fantastic. Thank you so much. 
If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.